Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Fibber McGee and Molly Show. NBC and Paper Mate Pens bring you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. I know a man who earns extra money while loafing in the Florida sun. Another piles up extra dollars while watching a football game. Millionaires, you say? Not at all. Fact is, they're average income men like you and me, who invested in United States savings bonds on the payroll savings plan. They're getting back $4 for every $3, $100 for every $75 invested. Yes, they're really enjoying themselves while those dollars are going to work for them. And you can do the same thing. Even if you've never been able to save money before, you'll find it easy on the payroll savings plan. Maybe saving money has never been easy for you in the past, but with this method, it's all automatic. You decide how much you want to save, and it's taken right off your check so you won't even miss it. But you'll be amazed how quickly it adds up. Why, if you save only $3.75 a week, you'll have more than $1,000 in bonds in just five years. You'll feel more secure tomorrow if you invest in United States savings bonds today. For three days now, the War Department in Washington has been trying to contact Mr. McGee in Wistful Vista by phone. Mr. McGee is firmly convinced it's a national emergency, but his wife thinks it's just a mistake. Hello. Hello, operator. Well, what about that Washington call? Well, I am holding on. If you can't get them wires untangled, cut them. Let's get this call through. Now, now, take it easy, McGee. She'll connect you. Long-distance calls take time, you know. You said it, they take time. This call has took four days so far. And I don't mind telling you my nerves are getting frayed like a crapshooter's cuffs. Hello. Uh, Did you bring the mail in? I looked a minute ago, but I couldn't... Yeah, I got another postcard from Uncle Dennis. I put it... Hello. Hello. Doggone it, operator. How much longer is that call going to take? One hour delay... This is government business. Okay, hurry it up, will you? Said she'll be glad to call back when the lines are clear. She won't be any gladder than I am. What an uproar this thing has caused. Well... I never saw her... Oh, did you say we got another card from Uncle Dennis? Yeah, I put it... Oh, here it is. Where's it mailed from? Where is he now? He's in Arizona. At the Petrified Forest. How is he? Petrified. (laughs) Good old Uncle Dennis. He says, dear niece and nephew... There's an old saying, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. I'm in the petrified forest, having a wonderful time. (laughs) See you soon. Love. Bless his heart. Uncle Dennis always has fun. Such a wonderful disposition. You know, everybody loves him. Yeah. All his life, he's been loaded with friends. Oh, you can say that again. He spent most of his life getting loaded with friends. I didn't mean that. (laughs) I know, kiddo, but it was too good a chance to pass up. Ah, we may not have much time for jolly laughter. And little pleasantries such as these, my dear, when my government calls me to duty. Is there a new regulation in Washington against laughing or something? No. I simply mean that the problems confronting us these days will demand my full time, my dear. Oh, sure. Conference with the chiefs of staff, breakfast at the White House, lunch with the foreign secretaries. Oh, you'll take no foreign secretaries to lunch, my boy. Not unless Mother goes with you. No little French snip is going to tell my husband. 
What big eyes you have, darling. No, no, the foreign secretary is a man, Molly. Oh, that's a good idea. You meet all them diplomats and stuff when we get to Washington and get settled, kiddo. Mm-hmm. Ah, I can just see me now, dropping in at the White House to report to the president on the State of the Union. You're going to tell him how things are? Why not? He'll want to know, won't he? A good point. Just picture me strolling down Oklahoma Avenue. Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. As I climb the White House steps, the word spreads like wildfire. McGee is coming. McGee is coming. Ah, you'll get your foot in the door before they can lock it, though, I bet. Yep. As I walk down the long corridor to the president's office, crowds gather in the hall. Four Secret Service men walk in front of me. Screwing rose petals, I suppose. Oh, no. For security reasons, my dear. We reach the door to the president's office, and the secretary of state runs ahead to announce my arrival. A hush falls over the crowd as he opens the door. And in reverent tones, he says... Grocery boy! Uh, <laughs> Very enthusiastic Secretary of State we have. Hello there, kids. Hi, daughter. Hey, Johnny, what's this I hear about you joining the wax? Okay, okay, so you delivered groceries to Hector Howell. I hope you put sand in his sugar, the big smart aleck. As a matter of fact, Mr. Oldtimer himself here is waiting for a phone call from the War Department in Washington. Yep, the War Department. Is that so? Yep. That's very interesting, Johnny, because Papa was with the War Department himself at one time. Had a very important job. Yeah, what kind of a job? Soldier. Oh. Papa served with Teddy Roosevelt, kids. Him and his horse. One of Roosevelt's rough riders, was he? Daughter, he was the roughest. Papa used to bounce around on that saddle like a yo-yo with the hiccups. <laughs> it's a wonder he didn't give him a headache. No, daughter, just the opposite. Papa loved it, though. He was the roughest, toughest soldier in the whole outfit. Didn't know the meaning of the word fear. Pretty brave, huh? Brave? Did you say brave? That's right. Daughter, is that what Johnny said? Brave? That's what he said. Was he? Was he what? Brave. How are we talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, Papa. Well, sir, you remember when Teddy Roosevelt led the charge up San Juan Hill? Papa led Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, that's... You should have heard Papa tell it, kids. Cavalry lined up. Teddy Roosevelt raised his sword. And the bugle sounded the charge. (laughs) Up the hill they went, screaming like banshees. And out there, 40 feet ahead of the rest, was Papa. My, he must have been anxious to fight. Too anxious, daughter. Just before they got to the top, Mr. Roosevelt caught up with Papa and made him go back down the hill. Made him go back? Why? Seems Papa went up that hill so fast he clean forgot his horse. (laughs) (laughs) So long, kids. Just two weeks from today is Christmas. Most of us are going to have to jam a lot of frantic shopping into those two weeks. Yes, just 11 shopping days to be exact. Wow. That's one of the reasons why paper-made pens are such a wonderful gift idea. They're so quick and easy to shop for. You can buy paper-made pens everywhere. And they're only a buck sixty-nine. The paper-made comes in seven beautiful color combinations, and you get a free gift box with each pen. And all you have to do is tag it, Merry Christmas, take it home, hand it out Christmas Day, and be a hero. (laughs) Paper-made, of course, is the pen that's approved by bankers, school principals, and millions of users everywhere. The pen that can't leak or smear or transfer. It's such a practical, useful gift, too. Everyone can use a paper-made pen. It's a beautiful gift in any of those handsome color stylings. It's just a happy gift to get for Christmas. And a happy gift to give for Christmas. Such an easy gift to give. So cross off a lot of your shopping worries right now. Just go down the list with paper-made pens. (laughs) 
Operator. Operator. Hello, operator. Why don't you wait till the girl calls you back, dearie? I've been waiting for three hours now. Hello, operator. Get that door, will you, kiddo? Whoever it is, tell them to be quiet. I may be talking to Washington, D.C. any minute. I hope so. Heavenly days. I wish that call had never come through. Oh, come in, Dr. Gamble. Hello, my dear. Any news on that phone call that McGee was going? Quiet, Fatso. I'd expect me to hear the general when he comes on if you keep blabbing away. The general? May have to leave on a minute's notice, Doc. May have to fly direct to the Pentagon to get this thing straightened out. What thing? How do I know what thing? I haven't even talked to them yet. All I know is they called me... Hello, operator? Yes, this is Fibber McGee. About that call to Washington. What do you mean it'll take another 15 minutes? This is government business. National emergency. Connect me with the chief operator. That's right, the supervisor. He's been like this all day, Doctor. I'm worried about him. Well, if the War Department is in such a jam that they're calling him to help them out, we better all start worrying. I think I'll make a reservation to Mars or someplace. This planet won't be safe. Hello, he's... supervisor. This is Mr. McGee. Huh? Oh, she told you. Well, I'm trying to reach the War Department. Yes, it's urgent. Yeah. 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 I see. Well, that's different. Goodbye. What'd she say? It'll take another 15 minutes. Oh, dear. Well, stop pacing back and forth. Talk to him, will you, doctor? See if you can get him to relax. I'll relax him if I have to slug him with my satchel. Now, look, Jumpy, I realize that strange things happen in Washington. Yeah? And I know the slogan about the difficult we do immediately, the impossible takes us a while, but the ridiculous we do all the time. That's good. Yes, but why the government would ask your advice in a crisis... I don't know what our government wants me to do, Doctor, but whatever the crisis, be it sabotage in South Siberia or a cloak-and-dagger job in East St. Louis, I am ready. Oh, brother. Yeah. Maybe one of their wind machines broke down at the aircraft plant. That's the only thing I can think of. That you, you wouldn't could... talk like that if you knew my war record, you big lardhead. Your war record? Oh, is that the record that starts when I said to General Pershing, Jack, my boy, I said... That's it. Get the phone, will you, Molly? See if it's them. I'm too keyed up to talk to anybody else. I've got it, Dave. 79 Whistle Vista, Molly McGee speaking. General Pearson, War Department, Washington. like to speak to Mr. Pepper McGee, please. Oh, Oh, yes, General. Uh-huh. Just a minute, Your Honor. Uh, General? General Pearson, McGee. Uh, check. Roger. General? Great Scott, I thought he Quiet, was... Quiet, that's so. Official business. Yes, General? Private McGee. Dog tag 3018083. The First World War. The Big War. At your service. McGee, we've been checking your war record from the Big War. As the World War, the First World War. Says they've been checking my war record. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, well, go on, General. You can skip the flattery. I know you got a problem or you wouldn't have called me. Let's get to the point, sir. That's what I like, McGee. Efficiency. Roger, sir. Whatever my government needs from me, I'm ready. My hero. Good, good. McGee, I find on going over your service record that you never returned your helmet and gas mask. Huh? Army regulations require their immediate return. Although you're now a civilian, I must ask you to mail that helmet and gas mask at once. Right, General. Right. You can depend on me, General. I'll handle it, sir. Check. Roger, sir. Over and out. What is it? What did he say, McGee? Where do you go? When do you leave? Relax, kids. He's off. No strain. What does he want? I'm sorry, Doc. Confidential. Top secret. I don't have to leave here, though. I'm handling the matter right here. Oh, good. You can drive me down to the post office if you want to, Doc. Stick around a few minutes till I get a package ready, and I'll go along.
will be right back. Now that the weekend is here, you'll probably find more time to relax and enjoy the wonderful entertainment provided by your radio. All during the weekend, the NBC Radio Network will continue to provide you with the finest programming on the air. You'll hear such great shows as the NBC Symphony Orchestra, which broadcasts every Sunday from the stage of New York's Carnegie Hall. And now, every Sunday when you set your dial to this station, you'll hear the finest in dramatic radio entertainment on a lineup of great new programs. Consult your local newspaper for the times of broadcast on this station of NBC's fine new Sunday programs. You'll find that all of them will provide the enjoyment you seek when you turn on your radio. Yes, friends, always remember to tune to this station, the station where you hear the familiar three NBC chimes. For these chimes are your invitation to great radio programming. There's top drama, mystery, adventure, music, news, and comedy during your every waking hour on the stations of the NBC radio network. Tune for the finest to NBC. You could straighten out the War Department, McGee. Yep. Now I got a message here from the Marine Corps Reserve. The Marines' Toys for Tots campaign needs help. Yes. It's the aim of this campaign to give every needy child a toy for Christmas. If you'd like to help some unfortunate youngster keep his belief in Santa Claus, all you need to do is send a toy to your local Marine Corps unit. The Marines will classify them and deliver them to local welfare agencies for distribution to the little children who need them most. And please help. Good night. Good night, all. NBC and Papermate Pens have brought you the Bibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer, Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Campbell, and Ken Christie as the general. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again next Monday night for another visit with Pepper McGee and Molly. Your kitchen's brighter with the music and the drama of the NBC Radio Network.